This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 800. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 800. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Oh my goodness. Today is episode 800. I cannot believe it. The show is almost eight years old. And when I started the show, Vinny was a wee little three and a half year old. And I was a wee little 40 and a half year old, I think if I'm doing my math correctly. Maybe I was 39 and a half. No, I think I was 40 and a half. Anyway, oh my gosh. And when I started the show, Vinny was not a guest or regular on the show. But every once in a while, he would chime in with his super cute little voice. And so... You may have noticed in our intro today that super cute little voice is back, but it sounds a little bit bigger. So, Vinny, do you want to say hi to the Shameless Moms? Hello. Vinny has granted us permission to connect with him for just a short amount of time at the beginning of our show. He told me I could ask him one question. So, Vinny is now almost 11 and going into the fifth grade, which is wild to me, and He told me I could ask him to share one of his favorite things right now. So, Vinny, what is one of your favorite things in life right now? Well, I have a lot of favorite things, but probably like baseball, family, and friends. Oh, baseball, family, and friends. That's three. Can I say anything about baseball for you? Okay. So, Vinny played baseball 
Okay. Oh, he said I can only tell a little. He's been playing baseball since kindergarten, or actually since pre-K, playing t-ball and then baseball. But this year, he's had such a phenomenal season, so much growth. He, after his spring team, he made this all-star team that got to play into the summer. Then he played summer league. And this weekend, he got invited to play in this additional international tournament. Our whole life is baseball. If you follow me on social media, you probably know this. Our whole life is baseball. And I have to confess, I grew up and did not like baseball until I was like 44 and a half, maybe, (laughs) until I started seeing Vinny play. And now it's really, really fun. So one of the fun things we've done this summer is obviously watching Vinny play over and over. But also, Vinny, what team do we get to go watch play sometimes? The Mariners. We go watch the Mariners play. And it's been pretty exciting. I want to congratulate myself because I can sit through a whole baseball game. And that's a new thing for me in my 40s. I used to get so bored I would have to leave early. So Vinny, do you love when we get to watch baseball as a family? Yes. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty wild how the thing that you used to think was boring or insignificant becomes way less boring and more significant when someone around you really loves it. So Vinny, I love that you love baseball. And I love that you love your family and friends. Do you want to be excused to go watch YouTube now? (laughs) okay thank you for joining me on the show for a minute and when you leave my office please close the door and grab your pretzels love you (laughs) okay shameless moms so there was a little hello from Vinny. so today we're going to be doing something a little fun and a little different for our 800th episode and I cannot wait so let's go ahead and get started As I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about today I kind of went round and round I knew I wanted to make it fun somewhat engaging and I didn't want it to be I mean I didn't want it to be like 800 things I've learned so far because you know that would just get long and boring and so I decided to dig into commonly asked questions I get about the show about having a podcast about having a podcast for so long and these questions come from some of them come when I'm being interviewed for other people's shows but a lot of them come from friends, family, people who don't even listen to the show just want to know things about like you have a podcast and you've had it for a long time and what's that like? And so this is a culmination of questions that I get asked from a wide variety of people, listeners, non-listeners, moms, non-moms, but it will allow me to go behind the scenes with you a little bit and help you see some of the things that happen inside the Shameless Mom Academy that never make it on the air or that just aren't brought up in the content that I've provided to this point or in interviews. So I think this will be fun, a little insightful and like a little sneak peek behind some of the decisions I've had to make, some of the things that come up, some of them that haunt me as I have worked through 800 episodes. And if it's 800 episodes and every week we also have an interview, that's actually 400 interviews that I've done, which is wild to me. And that's been really, really fun and exciting as well. And that's had like its own host of surprises and challenges and huge, huge gifts. So we're going to talk all about all the things. So the first question I get all the time, most common question from anyone who knows that I have a podcast and have had it for a little while, they always ask, do you ever run out of ideas or things to talk about? Or do you worry about running out of ideas or things to talk about? And the answer is a resounding nope. (laughs) Sure don't. And I had this worry when I started the show. I thought, what if I run out of things to talk about? And I also had a worry around what if I get sick of talking about the same thing? And this was a huge, huge decision maker for me when I was thinking about how I wanted to frame the show. And 
as many of you know, probably all of you, when I first started the show, I was in the fitness industry. I owned my own gym and I was very tempted to start a show about moms and wellness and health because that's where I had a lot of knowledge and expertise. But I also knew that I would get really bored with that content really fast because that's what I'd been talking about for the previous like 15 years. And I knew I didn't want to keep talking about that for like five to 10 more years. So I really had to think through what do I want to talk about for the next five plus years and then pick a direction and a niche for the show that allowed me to dig into that. Now that said, that was the more challenging thing to decide to do work around personal development and moms and which is now really niched even more into leadership and motherhood. That felt scary because it was while I had some expertise in that and so much of my work had been really, you know, intersected with that already. I did feel like I had a lot of growth to do there and I was just kind of at the beginning of being an expert in that area because I'd done so much work with moms in terms of transformation and growth and transformation coaching as I had done that in my fitness and wellness business. So with that said, I decided that this direction of the show would really be around personal development for moms, helping moms find their identity after motherhood, helping moms find their voice and live bolder, braver lives. And I did worry about running out of things to talk about. But here's the thing. When you are a content creator and when you are a leader and when you are someone that people want to learn from, you have an obligation to never stop learning yourself. So (laughs) what I know now is that as long as I'm learning, I always have something to say. So I never run out of things to talk about. If I do start to feel like, huh, I don't know what to say next, then I know that I've been a little stagnant in my own learning and growth and development, and I have to go find some ways to learn and grow, and then I can bring that back to the show. And so I've never run out of ideas. I've never run out of things to talk about, and I don't worry about that at all. In fact, the more episodes I do, the less I worry about that, the more possibility and potential I see around, oh my gosh, there's still so many things to talk about. Like there's this, the list just keeps getting longer. So the answer is no, I never run out of things to talk about and never worry about running out of things to talk about. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever. And your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you. And you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is 
around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. Next question is, what is your favorite interview? Uh, So I was just asked this when I was being interviewed a couple weeks ago, and I could not, like, the question came at me on the spot, and I kind of froze. I have interviewed, like I said, 400 plus, like we already have more a bunch more recorded that haven't come out yet. So at 800 episodes, 400 interviews are live. Plus there's a bunch more that I've recorded. So 400 plus guests. And I've loved all of them in so many ways. There have been a few that have been not as lovable and we'll get to that in a minute. But for the most part, I really, really love so many of my interviews and I cannot pick off the top of my head. But what I can identify is that For me, my favorite interviews are not necessarily the ones from the people with the most notoriety or the people with the biggest platforms or the people with like the most name recognition. My favorite interviews are the ones where I've left the interview feeling like I have a new colleague or friend. Like that's really what it comes down to. I get done with the interview and often I can tell even in the pre-interview, I hop on to record with someone and we have a few minutes where we're chit-chatting at the beginning, just getting to know each other a little bit, talking about logistics for when we're going to hit record. And I can tell within just, I mean, literally like 60 seconds, if this is going to be someone that I want to have another conversation with after the interview. And then throughout the interview, there's this bonding that happens. There's an intimacy in interviewing someone. And after the interview, when we stop recording, I'm like, hold on, I have like 18 more questions that are not related to what we just talk to. Like, I just want to know more about you. You're amazing. Um, And I want to continue this conversation. And that happens a lot. And there's times where we're both like, oh my gosh, like we have to get to other, you know, appointments and calls and things. And we just want to chit chat. And so that's my favorite is where I leave feeling like I found a new colleague and friend. And the other huge benefit to those relationships and those interviews are that you, the listener, feel the synergy. Like you can hear that we are two people that are playing off each other and we're able to go deep fast and create value for you in a really, really special way because of that immediate connection and synergy. And so not only does it make magic for me in terms of a new relationship, but it also makes magic for all of you because you get the benefit of experiencing that really quick connection where a guest and I are immediately like in step with each other and can just dive right into something that's going to add value to your life. So that that always feels really special. That said, I want to talk about where I get to interview people I already know, because I also really, really love interviewing people that I already know. And so some of my favorite interviews are people that have come on the show multiple times because 
I have had an initial great interview with them or they're sometimes a friend outside of the podcast and I know they can add great value. So Jessica Butts, my dear, dear friend, Jessica Butts is someone who's been on the show multiple times and I get so excited when she comes on because we're really good friends and I know her work really intimately, so I know exactly what I can ask her that's going to bring value to you. But we also have this really great friendship where we can really laugh with each other about the work that we do and bring humor into the value that we're creating for you. And I think sometimes I talk about such serious and heavy things on the show, and I love when I can add lightness and levity to things that are hard. I think that's how we can integrate hard things and work through hard things in our life is by making sure that we add levity and maintain levity in certain points, like where that's appropriate and not obviously causing harm to others in the process. I also have formed really, really great friendships with some of my guests and they've come back repeatedly. And so of course, Laura Cathcott Robbins is at the top of that list. I interviewed on her show, she came on mine, and we have just had this incredible relationship and friendship ever since then. And we refer each other for all sorts of projects and work events that have been incredible. We have gotten to do multiple things in person together. We're doing something else here in Seattle in September. We're doing something in person together that I'm so excited about. So being able to bring her back to the show, she's a friend that I met through podcasting, but I am always so excited to bring her back because again, I know we can just dive right into conversation that's going to be really helpful to all of you, but we have that intimate friendship already where like there's no warming up. We're just in, we're right into the juice of the conversation. So those are really fun where I get to interview friends. There's also interviews where I've learned something new or talked to someone who has a very different lived experience than me. And I just, I feel like I then walk away viewing the world in a different way. And I love, love, love those conversations. One who who comes to mind for that is my, I've interviewed Trudy LeBron two times and we knew we saw each other outside of the show, but I did not get to really dig into her personal story until I interviewed her first on the show. And she's just the most incredible human being. And she had two children as a teenager. She had two children by the age of 16 or while she was, by the time she was 17, she had two children. Her first one at 15, second one at 16. And she talks about her experience being a teen mom. And she talks about the position of privilege that she had in that circumstance as a teen mom, a woman of color, a single parent, all these things. And she's still able to identify all these areas where she is in marginalized populations and communities and also where she had privilege and her she just blows me away in every conversation that we have and she's also brilliant in the work that she does and so she's in the process of getting her phd i do all sorts of work with her in terms of being a student of her programs outside of the shameless mom academy outside of the podcast she has the equity center for the Institute for Equity-Centered Coaching, and I am a member of her community. I am constantly learning from her around diversity, equity, inclusion, justice, and I. she's one of my favorite people to learn from, and she's also been one of my favorite people to interview. So the people where I get, or the interviews where I get to learn new things from people are just really, really significant to me because they shape my worldview in a different way. And I think that's how we become better people. And so I'm really intentional about bringing people on the show that I think can open everyone's eyes or help us see things from a different angle or expand our worldview in a certain way that then when we go out in the world, we behave differently because we can show up differently because we now know better and we can do better. Whether it is seeing someone's experience from a different standpoint, whether it's having more empathy or compassion for someone, whether it's deciding to speak up in an environment 
because we haven't had the brave, you know, the courage to use our voice before, but now we recognize the cost of not using our voice. Those are the kinds of conversations, like the ones that inspire all of that are the ones that are so significant and meaningful to me and often become favorites. And then my last favorite kind of interview is the one where people with some clout and some notoriety and some name recognition, they show up and they're just regular people. And I kind of fall in love with them. (laughs) So a couple examples of this. I think it was back in 2022 that I interviewed Rejma Sujani and she's incredible. And I had name recognition of her because I knew that she was the founder of Girls Who Code, which is a nonprofit organization which aims to increase women in computer science and tech and, and close the gender employment difference in that field. But she since founding that has gone on to write the Marshall Plan for Moms, She's which is like part of government policy now. She's a huge activist in all the work that she does. She's a lawyer, a politician, and definitely like an advocate and activist in every single thing that she does. And when I asked her to be on the show and I got a yes, I was pretty blown away and really, really excited. And then I was a little nervous. I'm like, this is a woman who like goes to Washington, D.C. and informs policy. Like That's kind of a big deal. And when we hit record that day, where when I got on Zoom to hit record with her, she was at home with children in the background and like just kind of a messy living room environment that was very normal. And right away, she's like, you know, I'm in my living room, like kids are everywhere, ignore the mess and all. And she was so normal. And I was so grateful. And she was like, are we using video for this? Like, do I should I go pull my hair back in a bun? I don't know. And I was like, no, 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 we're not using video. Like, you're all good. She's like, okay. And I loved that she was just a regular mom. She showed up as just a person. And I love when the people I interview just show up as normal people versus putting on this big front around who they are. Like that that's where I feel like we get deep connection and we all get to be the same. And I think sometimes we put people on pedestals without recognizing that like every person is spending as much time as possible in their like dirty sweatpants and messy buns every single day. <laughs> so even if they put on a power suit to go to work, like the second they get home, they're putting on their dirty cozy sweats and putting up that messy bun and just being themselves. And so I love it when people show up to the show with that kind of energy and that kind of transparency in terms of being real. Another person who really did this for me was Dave Hollis. And I went into this interview a little tentative. I don't interview a lot of white men and the Hollis family, like there's some stuff around them. This was before a lot of things went sideways for their brand. But when I interviewed him, I was really, really touched by the way that he really showed up for me as someone who was so high level in terms of leadership and um, popularity and like public scope at the time that we did the interview. And he showed up as just a regular person, and he made all the time and the space in the world for me. And that particular day was an absolute disaster at my house. I had had the interview booked for months, and then my neighbor ended up cutting down a tree that day. My neighbor lives like 10 feet from me. So there was a tree being cut down. I asked the tree cutter people, like, could they stop for 45 minutes while I do this interview, which they were like, yeah, sure, no problem. We'll just go grab lunch. So they go on their lunch break, and literally like five minutes later, the city shows up in front of my house to... Uh, jackhammer concrete for someone's like waterline or something. And I was, and I like, I'm like, I can't go ask the city to stop doing their work. And so I frantically moved all my equipment into my closet. And I sat in my closet with like clothes over my head to interview Dave Hollis. And I had to tell him all this because I think I was a few minutes late even getting on the interview. And I was being like apologetic and awkward. And he was so great. And like, so 
it just held space for it. He's like, oh my gosh, like, don't even worry. He's like, I do my best work in the closet. Like, that's where we record half of our stuff. And then when we were in the interview and it was going a little bit long, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I know he books things back to back. Like, he's on like the freaking Today Show with his wife at the time doing things. And so I was so conscientious around time. And he was just like, no, 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 like, let's keep going. This is really valuable. This is helpful. These are things I want to talk about. And he talked, he answered like every single question I asked. And I did call him to task on a few questions and he completely showed up and he was like, I get why you're asking that question. And I'm so glad to have the opportunity to speak to that. And so that I really, really appreciated because it was unexpected. And I honestly was like, I want to do this interview, but I'm not sure if I'm going to air it because I wasn't sure if like how he would show up and I was blown away. So those kinds of interviews I really, really love um, where people just show up as regular people and they hold space for me just as much as I hold space for them. And that's really, really cool. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. So of course, the other question on the flip side of that, the other question I get is, 
What's your least favorite interview? Like, there's no interviews that I really, really strongly disliked. There are interviews where I feel the energy is off, though. And the wild thing about this is it is most often with people who have the most name recognition, the most popularity. They're people that you hear about in the media. They're people who have multiple best-selling books. And that has been an interesting experience for me. I've had the experience of people, like honestly, my three least favorite interviews probably, and honestly, not because they didn't provide value, but because just the vibe didn't feel good. And I really felt like I was trying to hold space for them and they were not meeting me halfway. Like I felt like they were either dialing it in or they were just really disconnected from the conversation. And I was trying to like pull things out and create intimacy and conversation that they weren't there for. And when that happens, with someone who's really has a lot of notoriety, it's a little bit stunning to me. It also helps me see that like anyone can do this. Like if people who don't show up and meet an interviewer halfway can attain this level of achievement in their life, then anyone can do it. <laughs> because I will say that some of these interviews were kind of crappy interviews because the guests didn't show up. One in particular, and when I say show up, like they were on the call, they were on Zoom, but like they weren't super engaged in the conversation. So one of these conversations was in the last couple of years with someone who had multiple best-selling books, someone who has this massive online platform, someone who has like multiple top TED Talks with millions of downloads. And I was so thrilled and shocked to get this interview and so excited. And then when I got the interview, we were supposed to be talking about this person's upcoming book. And I started asking questions that her team had sent me. Like the team was like, hey, these are the questions we want you to ask about the book. So I started asking these questions and the person didn't know how to answer the questions. So like one of the questions was like, oh, I hear in the book that you talk about three ways to blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, like, well, like what are the three ways? And I was like, what? It was so strange. So clearly her media team had not prepared her for the book interviews that she was going to be doing like ad nauseum. So I was one of the very first book interviews that she did. And clearly she was not media prepped yet. And so a lot of best-selling authors, like their team, their book team will put together interview questions. And then every interview they go to, the, the PR team, media team will just be like, hey, ask these questions. And you answer the same questions over and over pretty much in every interview. So I was at the beginning of this like PR campaign for the book. And clearly this guest had like not gotten the list of questions or had not reviewed them and could not speak to their own book. And I had to then <laughs> try to like make up answers and content to lead them into remembering the things that they wrote about in the book. It was so weird and so awkward. And I listened to it later and I was like, I think I played it off in a way that like elevates this guest's work and allows for like the guest to, for you, the listener to get something out of it. But it was so strange to me. And this was someone I was so excited to have. And so that was a very odd experience. Another interview that was a least favorite just because it was disappointing was in my first like year, year and a half of the show, on my birthday, I got my most notable guest to date. And I did that interview. I remember we had to do it at like 4 or 5 p.m., which is not my normal interview time. But because again, this is like a very person with a huge platform, a multiple time best-selling author, someone who's done a lot of public speaking and like kind of has a, you know, definitely has a massive stage. So I was like, okay, whatever time they want to do it, I'll do it. So it was like 4 p.m. on my birthday. And we get on the call and the person was just, clearly not super excited to be a guest. And sometimes I do get this feeling like where they're thinking, well, this is just like this little show that doesn't matter that much, which really rubs me the wrong way. Because I'm thinking no matter how small, like your job is to show up and give my audience 
everything you have. Because if I brought you an audience of thousands of people in real life, you wouldn't show up half-assed for them. So anyway, that's like my soapbox about that. But this guest showed up and has multiple books and books on topics that are not about motherhood, but talk about quality of life and like how to be more happy and how to build a better life and how to have habits around building a better life. And so I asked her, how has motherhood informed your work? Because when you write about that kind of stuff, like motherhood is definitely going to impact like how you build habits and how you create a happy life and how you create better quality of life. (laughs) So I asked her this question and she goes, oh yeah, it hasn't. So then I asked a follow-up question like, oh really? Like your work around these topics haven't been informed by the trials and tribulations of motherhood. And she goes, no. And then she just sat there. (laughs) And I was like, this is very weird. It's weird to me that first she's saying no, because I don't believe her. I don't believe that her work has not been influenced by motherhood. Like motherhood touches every corner of your life. Like that's just, you know, a known fact. But also that she wouldn't have some sort of way of formulating an answer around that, even if her answer was no, even if her answer was to say like, well, I really keep my work and life separated. And I so I don't really connect my work to motherhood. Cool, totally fine. But like, have more than a one word answer. If you have this level of status and publicity and notoriety around speaking. (laughs) So that was definitely disappointing. The follow-up question I always get to that is, is there, has there ever been an interview that you didn't air? There's only been a couple, and I will say they've only been for two reasons. The first is that I don't think that the person I'm interviewing will be highlighted in the best light. And so I don't want to do a disservice to someone and their work by giving them a platform where I think they are going to be doing a disservice to themselves. And so sometimes this has come, and I've literally, this has happened like two, maybe three times in 800 episodes or 400 interviews and across eight years. But um, if a guest shows up and they're really awkward or fumbly or really, really nervous and I can't get them out of it, and then the interview doesn't go well, I will let them know, like, I don't want to air this because I don't think this puts you in a place of authority and credibility. And that's not how I want you to show up. I know that's not how you want to show up in terms of like coming on the show and talking about your area of expertise. So then we will either record or we will just like let it go. Or the other thing is if there's a trauma trigger and I don't think it's addressed properly by the guest. And so if a guest is blowing off really sensitive topics or things where I feel like you as the listener could be harmed by the content or someone being flippant about certain traumas or certain things in life or the world, then I won't air that. (laughs) I'm not going to put an interview out there that's going to potentially do harm. So it's really about like, if I think the audience is really not going to benefit from the conversation, or if I think the interviewee is just not shining in their brightest light, then we either re-interview or rebook it, or we just don't air it and we let the guests know that. But again, I think it's happened maybe three times. (laughs) So... Next question is, what have been the biggest surprises? So I would say for sure, first biggest surprise of having doing 800 episodes is that I haven't run out of things to say because that was my initial worry. Also that I have not gotten tired of it. I'm not tired of doing the show. So don't worry, it's not going anywhere for right now. Like I'm still like, we got to get to a thousand. So I'm not tired of doing it. I love having this platform. And the other big surprise is that I keep falling more and more in love with interviewing. And I want to do it in other aspects of my life. Like literally, if you know of a company that wants to start a podcast and they want someone to come in and do it for them, this would be a dream consulting job for me. 
Um, I would love to be interviewing more and more and more and even interviewing for like being a host on someone else's show long term as a consultant to go in and like help someone create a show and then be the host, the host or the co-host. Um, I just really, really love interviewing. And I did not see that coming. Like that was the part that felt really intimidating to me, but there's been so many gifts that have come of that. That's the part I, I really, really love that I didn't see coming. People ask me what I've learned or like kind of what my takeaways are. I will say that everything is a stepping stone to the next thing. And so that's been really exciting to see that like every conversation or everything I've done with the podcast is a stepping stone to the next thing. So the content I've created here has allowed me to create content in other places and build a bigger platform and shine it in other circles of motherhood and in the corporate environment and to internationally speak about, you know, self-trusting using your voice and all these things. So all these stepping stones that you don't see coming, that's really, really exciting to me. I also love that and have learned that if you do something enough, you pretty quickly become more knowledgeable and more credible than most people at doing that thing. But the thing is, other people will see you as an expert before you see yourself as an expert. And those people are not wrong. So when people are like, wow, you're really good at that, or oh my gosh, you've done that so many times, and I like they see it as a part of your identity, listen to them. <laughs> because other people will see your strengths and your skills faster than you will. And they will be able to identify that this is a part of who you are, and this is something that you do regularly, and this is something that you're good at. Even if you still think that you're doing a lot of fine tuning around it, other people will see you as an authority in that field, or an expert in what you're doing, or someone who has a really strong skill in that area. And it's your job to listen to them and trust them because you are getting better as you go and you are doing really great things. And so keep going. And then I also have learned that you can always do a better job of leveraging your past experiences. And so as I've been able to take podcast content and turn it into other opportunities and speaking opportunities and training opportunities, I've been able to see how all of the things I've done over the past 20 years position me to do more of those things. And I've been able to leverage them when I go into conversations. So if I'm meeting with, you know, an HR team to go in and do a training in a company or in a nonprofit or an organization, I am now really clear on how I can connect multiple points of my career to why I'm a good fit within this organization. It's not just like, oh, because I have a podcast and because I speak behind a microphone. It's because of the level of leadership and coaching and training that I've done over over the years or the leadership of or the level of being able to uh, create and develop content and do training development or the level of being able to do communications and marketing even of content, all those things I'm able to position myself in when I have the opportunity for new things now. And then the other thing that people ask me, especially when they're thinking about starting their own podcast, they ask, how has the podcast opened doors to new opportunities? So it's definitely positioned me as a speaker before others would invite me to speak on their stages. It's given me a ton of confidence in content creation and content delivery. So I see my role while like my role is, you know, keynote speaker and trainer and podcaster. I also know that I am really good at creating content and delivery uh, and delivering content, which then has allowed me to really look at what have I created over the course of 800 episodes and how can that be foundational to other things that I do? So that has been foundational inside our membership communities, inside other programs that we have run. It's also allowed me to create curriculums for everything outside of the Shameless Mom Academy in terms of going into organizations or going and doing a training for women in leadership, going into nonprofits, going into, you know, other people's events and conferences and being able to do to lead build curriculum for that space and lead it in a really powerful way. So I'm able to really embrace being a content creator and someone who builds and creates curriculum, which is a higher level of presence than 
being a podcaster. And that's because I've done this for so many times, for so many years, um, that I can embrace all of that as new components to my identity, which has been really cool. So those, oh, those are my eight questions, eight questions for our 800 episodes. I hope that you've enjoyed this. And of course, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Whether you have been here from the very beginning or you are new to listening to the show, thank you so much for being here and thank you for sharing the show. If you want to do me a huge favor for this 800th episode, the greatest way that you could identify that the show has meant something to you is to go and leave us a review in Apple Podcasts. So if you just pop into your Apple Podcast app and you click on the show, you can scroll down and you'll see like our episodes and then you keep scrolling down and you'll see our ratings and reviews and give us a a rating, hopefully five stars. And then under that, there's a little button to write a review or a little place where you can click to write a review. And even just leaving a sentence or two means so, so much. It helps with our rankings. It helps with our overall ratings. It helps the show get more exposure and also helps me see what you love. I go in and look at those reviews to know, oh, I should make more content in certain areas because this is the stuff that's resonating with people. So thank you for being here. I adore you. And Also, a shout out to my team, Katie and Christy and Nikita and Christy and Allison, my producers have been with me since day one. You are all so amazing. And Tressa and Barrett, who are my team overseas in Germany and in London, thank you so much for the work that you have done on the show. This is not a one person show. It might be one voice in many occasions, but it is not a one person show. So I'm so grateful for my team as well. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who helps this little show keep getting bigger and bigger. I adore you. And I'm so grateful. And as always, of course, I'm in this with you always. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) 
Well, you're aiming more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.